Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Curry. Curry driving with wall back. Goes reverse with a left hand. It was sweet. This is Warriors Roundtable. With the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. James guarded by Lee. Left corner. With the dribble. 50 in the shot clock. Backs him up. Way to the three-point line. Dribbles into the foul line. Double clutch on the way. Got it. And LeBron is putting on a show. He's now the youngest player in NBA history to get to 20,000 points with that bucket. Chalmers had it, lost it. Hazel picked it up to Wade. Lob for James. Catches it, dunks in one motion. Dwayne Wade just picked that ball up and threw it one motion. Just didn't even look. Disappointing night last night for the Golden State Warriors, losing to the Miami Heat 92-75 in a ball game where they trailed by 34. But I think a message was being sent by the defending champions last night, not only to the Warriors, but to the rest of the NBA. And that message was this, we are still the defending champions, and even though we have not played well lately, we are still the team to beat in the NBA. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy, and please uh, take a seat around the Warriors Roundtable. We invite you back for another hour on this week's show where we will talk with Charles Jenkins, the backup point guard for the Golden State Warriors, or Mr. Midrange, as Steph Curry likes to call him. We'll talk to Charles and find out about year number two in the NBA for him and how he's learning while watching Jared Jack and Steph Curry handle the point guard position. We'll hear from a Bay Area basketball player who went on to play in the NBA, and he's also a Warriors legacy of sorts. That's a John Barry, son of the Hall of Famer, and of course a very fine player in the NBA in his own right. I'll get his thoughts on the Miami Heat, on the NBA, and we'll also have him do a little bit of a flashback uh, growing up watching the Golden State Warriors. John Barry later on in the hour here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We'll also tell you about Draymond Green and a recent visit to a San Francisco school. I'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox. It's Warriors Vox on Twitter, Warriors V-O-X, or email me at the Warriors website, Timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. And finally, we'll get you up to date on the upcoming schedule. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable right here on KBR 680, the sports leader. And it's time to drive for five with Kia. Purchase or lease a 2012 or 2013 Kia vehicle, and you'll drive home with two tickets to five Warriors home games. That's right, two tickets to five Warriors home games. For complete details, including a list of participating Bay Area Kia retailers, go to warriors.com slash Kia. I, Tim Roy, when we come back, we'll hear from Charles Jenkins. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Lee in the bounce, cuts off and takes the hand off baseline to the rack, jammed it and was fouled. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Jack will bring it up to the timeline. Three-point line, head of steam, penetrates, five, Jenkins, he'll fire, it's a two, it's up, it's good at the horn. Charles Jenkins knocked it down. Points to the crowd and heads back to the bench. The Warriors lead by 10 at the end of one. Hi, Tim Roy on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We are joined by second-year guard Charles Jenkins. Warriors heading out to take on San Antonio and New Orleans uh, this weekend. And uh, Charles, first of all, uh, welcome back to the show. And you were on the show last year, but but tell me a, a little bit about this year or for you. Last year, you were pressed into service and did so well coming down the stretch. And this year, Steph is healthy. Uh, Jared Jacks in town. Uh, what is what has changed for you this year, and what are you trying to get out of year number two? I had to play, which eventually helped out for me because I was able to you know, adjust to the game and get better. You know, this year we got Steph back in uh, addition to Jared Jacks, so you know my job is just to. Stay ready whenever my numbers call. You know, there's going to be nights where 
I don't play at all, and it's going to be uh, nice with Coach Neeme. So you know, one of the things that I've learned this year is just to, you know, continue to work on my game off the court, you know, my number be called, you know, uh, to just play well for the time that I'm out there. Putting in the work has never been a, a problem for you. Uh, as I've watched you, you know, work out before games and, and after practices and so on, uh, how much more confident are you in that mid-range jump shot as opposed to when you first came uh, to the Warriors? Because you know that that's like money for you now. I'm very confident. You know, I think uh, my, my teammates help me out with that a lot. You know, because they they let me know that any chance that I have that that, that shot, and I feel like I'm hoping you know take it just because they know it's a good shot for me. I think Steph. Um, nicknaming me Mr. Mid-Range this summer, you know, it definitely did a great amount you know, of confidence. gave me a great amount of confidence just because I know that a great shooter uh, gave, gave me a compliment on my shooting ability. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the court, and every time I'm open, the fact that when I shoot it, I hear Steph scream, Mr. Mid-Range, you know, it's always a good feeling. That is a good feeling. That's a, that's a compliment because Steph is one of the best shooters in the game. Yes. Tell me a little bit about the uh, – the situation for you coming off the bench because I think one of the one of the things that Mark Jackson does is he keeps a lot of people involved. Yourself, Kent Bates, where you might come in for defense, you might come in for an eight minute run. How does that help keep you, say, you know, in tune with the game and keep you alert and, and focused and ready? Um, just knowing that you know there's a possibility that I'm going to play. You know, I just always come in the game with, with the mindset of a starter. You know, knowing that I got to be on the court. And, and make plays, you know. Obviously, I don't, I don't start, you know. But that's just the mindset I have, just to make sure that I'm ready at all times. And what, what, when you're on the bench, you're watching, say, a guy like uh, Jarrett Jack. What, 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 what do you learn from a guy like Jarrett Jack? What kind of things do you, do you take from his game? Um, just the way you know he, he changed the game when he's in. You know, uh, he always watch, watch, I mean, see how the game's going before he subbed in. You know, he always kind of tell the guys that's going to be on the, the, the second unit that you know we need to pick it up or. You know, a play to the same level as the starters are playing. You know, he always come in the game and make some type of impact. So, you know, me being a second-year player, still having a lot to learn. You know, he's he's a great person to be around, just because when he come in the game, you know, he's always looking to either change the tempo or you know, or continue at the same pace that our other guys have started. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of players, especially early in their careers, they don't get the fact that that you can learn a lot by just watching how the game's going and and you can apply that to to when you get on the floor uh, most definitely you know uh one of the things that I'm fortunate to, to be around is a, a great coaching staff and and teammates you know that's that's willing to help me get, get better for the long run you know I could easily be in a program where guys just looking out for themselves and you know not looking for the better of the team but you know we all have guys that's head committed and looking to you know help each other get better Talk about this team and this group of players this year. And, and, you know, when I when I ask you guys, when be from anyone from Steph all the way down to, to Kent Basemore, uh, Basemore, they talk about the the camaraderie on this team. Uh, to give us an example of that, and 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 how do you think that helps uh, the Warriors in terms of winning games? Um, I think off the court, you know, we're very close. You know, there's, there's a lot of. From what I hear, there's a lot of um, teams that is, is treated like you know a regular nine to five job where you just go and a certain amount of times you're with your coworkers and then you know after that you know you kind of go your separate ways and you see each other you know the next day. But from from this team this year, you know we everybody spends a tremendous amount of time with each other on and off the court. You know, whether it's working out, you in groups with somebody that that, that that's you know you compare it with, it's gonna make you better and push you uh, to be good. And you know, at the same time, you know we all going out to dinner on the road or. You know, the team going going to the movies and things like that, having a closer 
relationship off the court, you know, it's, it's having you get a, a mutual respect for everyone. I hear you guys had uh, quite a dinner in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was one of those moments where I was glad that I wasn't a rookie anymore. <laughs> I guess the rookies had to pick up the check, which is which is something that they have to learn. They have to learn about that. But I, I don't see the, the, the backpacks this year. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the backpacks was, was something that I think it was uh, you know, the, the older fetch from last year's idea. You know, and the, and the fact that, you know, we – we didn't get a chance to, to get the new guys' backpacks. You know, we, we don't, they don't get as much of a hard time as we got last year you know, because they're playing a significant amount of minutes and they're helping us. But any chance we have to, you know, kind of mess with them a little bit, it's, it's always fun to do that. Uh, for the record, I, I, don't, I don't mess with them because, you know, I went through it last year, so I, I know how it feels. So I, I just kind of sit back and laugh and, and, and think that I'm not a rookie anymore. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of miss the, seeing that, you know, Hello Kitty backpack and the, the Prince's backpack. You know, it, it, was a, it was a nice touch on the road, I thought, you know? Yeah, but well, one of the things they don't know yet, it's a couple birthdays coming up, so I know that they're, they're going to have to sing a few times to some Uh-oh. people just like we did. So, you know, they don't got the backpacks, but a lot of birthdays didn't, didn't come up yet, so they're going to have a lot of singing to do during the rest of the year. I know I, I follow you on Twitter. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give people uh, the, your Twitter handle? Um, my Twitter is at uh, ctjenkins22. At ctjenkins22, uh, and and um, and I know that uh, you keep an eye on on your college team via via Twitter. I'm always seeing these uh, references to to the Hofstra. Yeah, I try, I try to watch as much as possible. You know, I have the ESPN app on my phone. I try to you know see if my guys are winning or how they're doing, or or check up on other scores. You know, Clay. I keep on going Clay school and Kent Bazemore school just because, you know, those guys don't really go, go in depth on, on, on how well their schools know. But I always, you know, remind them, like, you know, if your school won tonight or, or my school won or who lost and things like that. Now, are you a, a big social media guy? Do you like it? Uh, Yeah, you, you can say that. You know, I get a chance to, you know, interact with fans all the time or, you know, if I, if I play video games, I'll get, like, you know, some fans gamer tags and play against them or, or give out things on, on Twitter. So I'm... I think I'm, I'm I'm big on social media. It, it's really funny, you know. And I'm, you know, I was the, the probably the last one to get dragged to to Twitter. But uh, the, the the fan interaction is, is so much fun, especially with our fan base. It does it remind you of of uh, college in the sense, you know, the the how passionate Warrior fans are. Uh, most definitely, you know, the, the Warrior fans are uh, very, very, you know, great, you know, especially with me, you know. I'm, I always have someone that's gonna that's gonna help me out. Me being from New York, and the first thing that I used to do on Twitter was, you know, ask where where should I eat? You know, where I'm not I'm not from around here. Where do I shop? You know, the fans do a great job at with things like that. And especially when I'm when I'm actually doing some sort of giveaway, you know, asking trivia questions about me that I would think that the fans don't know. And a lot of Warrior fans always know the answer to the trivia questions that I give them. So it's great to know that they, you know, they care about each and every player. So tell me, uh, tell me uh, something I don't know about Charles Jenkins. Uh, something you don't know? I, I wouldn't know. I mean, you, you you're pretty on on point with everything. Well, there there is one thing I think people don't know a little bit about you, and that that's uh, you are an on uh, camera. Well, you're that you have the camera right for the uh, Jenkins takeover oh, the on Jenkins. Warriors TV <laughs> on Warriors.com. Yeah, that, that was something that uh, we started on Media Day. I had a few episodes with it. You know, the fans kind of like that. And fans can go see it at Warriors.com. So, what, what was uh, what was your favorite episode? Uh, my favorite episode had to be uh, 
we played at Maccabi Haifa, and uh, we had uh, we was downtown Oakland, and I had the fans thinking that they were uh, winning some type of big um, some some big tickets to a game when it actually the, the game was free. It was our exhibition game. I had a lot of fun with that, getting to see uh, which fans really know about the Warriors. Oh man. That, that 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 is must see TV. By the way, you want to you want to definitely uh, check that out. Are you surprised at how well this team is doing? Um, not at all. You know, uh, you know, we we put in a tremendous amount of work this summer. You know, when guys came back early in September, we all set a goal. You know, and I think when we have everybody chasing the same goal, doing whatever it takes, you know, to, to be successful. You know, I think that the success we had uh, so far is is only well deserved. What happens when uh, this is a question I get all the time? So I'm going to ask you: What happens when Andrew Bogut comes back? Um, I think we're only going to get better. You know, uh, you know, we have Festus Azili who's playing tremendous right now and helping us in his first year. You know, bringing in Bogut, who's you know an experienced vet. You know, who have a great amount of knowledge about the game. I think it's only going to help us. What's What's fun about that, Charles, is just think about what what that's going to mean for you. Is that whenever you're on the floor, if you have either Festus behind you or Bogut behind you, you know that those guys are going to have your back and be able to protect the rim. That's going to be a huge benefit, I think, for Golden State. Oh, most definitely. You know, Bogut's Bogut's a smart player. You know, he you seen that in the flash of that when he played early in the season. So you know, to have him back at 100, percent you know, I think it's going to be very beneficial. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, some of the opponents. Tell me. Uh, obviously, you know the the Warriors have seen you know the Heat with LeBron and Dwayne Wade, but tell me some of the guys that you like to study uh, when you're at a game. Players that you try to watch to make sure you pick up something about them. Um, I like to watch uh, Andre Miller play. You know, uh, Jared Jack. Um, ooh, these are point guards of similar body size yeah. and, and, and and style. Yeah, um, you know, Andre Miller, just because, you know, uh, how smart he is on court. You know, he, he's an older vet. You know, he's still out here competing with, with a lot of young, quick guards. And uh, Jerry Jack, just because uh how much space he create when he's on the court or sometimes how, how he can impact the game without, you know, scoring as much but just getting guys involved or how how good of a floor general he is. You know, I watch Steph. Um, uh, I used to watch Derek Fisher a lot because, you know, he wasn't, you know, the most – Skilled, but at the same time, you know, he was very effective when he was on the floor. So I try to watch guards that's similar to to, to to me. Yeah, Derek Fisher is a, a great overachiever in the sense where you know he wasn't blessed with with the great point guard skills, but he found a way to be effective on the floor and to, and to get his shot. And and the other Andre Miller, I mean, you talk about a guy he's never been on an All Star team, but I've never seen anybody able to lock him up or to keep him the from going to where he wants to go. He just knows how to play, and, and, you know, he knows what his game is, and he doesn't deviate from that. And I think that's one reason why he's so effective. Yeah, most definitely. You know, he's, you know, him, you know, Jared Jack are guards that, you know, they they, they kind of know their role. You know, they don't they don't try to, you know, step outside the box or, or do anything out of the ordinary. They just come and play solid, you know, for the time of the day out there and, and have a tremendous impact on the floor. Let's get back to the game of Charles Jenkins for a moment. What would you like to get better at as this season progresses? Um, no, I, of course, uh, three-point shooting. You know, I only took two threes this year. You know, I'm actually shooting 50%, so I kind of like the way those numbers look. But, you know, I would definitely like to show more confidence in my three-point shot and uh, be a better on-ball defender. 
Now, the three-point shot, you can get that with, with reputation. On-ball defender, is that something that you have to work on when you're in practice guarding Steph or, or Jared Jack? Uh, all the time. You know, after, after practice, you know, Jared, myself, and uh, Kent Bazeman, we play one-on-one for for a tremendous amount of time, and I think that's something that's, that's going to help. You know, um, definitely guarding Steph all the time and seeing how high he can get. You know, it's, sometimes you, you can't do anything about, you know, the, the shots that he make, but as long as you, you know, in front keeping him in front of you and contesting all those shots, you know, things like that is going to happen. Charles, before I let you go, a couple of, uh, you know, Warrior fans are a little gun-shy about, you know, getting really, you know, diving in because of what's happened in in the last two decades. Uh, and, and, and they have been disappointed by circumstances before. But is it, is it too early to talk playoffs? Do you guys, what, what do you guys talk about in terms of the season? When you know when the the subject comes up, we talk about just taking it you know one game at a time. You know we don't we don't want to come out and, and make and make our predictions and you know, all the things happen and you know there's a possible chance that you know that it won't happen and we'll, we'll kind of look back. You know we know that every game that we have all year is a big game. We approach every every game like it's you know it's a it's a playoff game just because we know the importance that it having as far as you know getting a playoff berth or, or seeding. So you know for us. We just taking it one game at a time, and we're gonna see what happens from there. And this is a very, very tough stre- stretch of schedule as well. You know, it's a, you almost have to take it one game at a time when you're playing the Clippers and Memphis and at Denver and at San Antonio. It's uh, Miami. This is a real tough stretch. No, most definitely. But you know, our coaching staff do a tremendous job with you know scouting and, and keeping us prepared. So you know, we we'll, we'll be prepared for whoever we play. All right, Charles. I appreciate your time as always. It's it's fun to watch you. Uh, uh, progress as an NBA pro, and uh, best of luck to you the, the rest of the year. Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure to talk some round ball with Charles. Don't miss the upcoming appearance by Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. It happens this Wednesday, January 23rd. It's the Warriors and Thunder, brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Limited tickets are still available, so go to warriors.com, or you can call one 888 GSW Hoop. That's GSW H O O P. And press one. Operators are standing by to assist you. As we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, Draymond Green goes to a San Francisco school as the Warriors continue to give back to the Bay Area community. On KMBR 680, the sports leader. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Draymond Green, the rookie from Michigan State, recently paid a visit to Diane Feinstein's elementary school in San Francisco, where he spoke to families and kids about the importance of education and preparing early for college. The Warriors also worked with the school to give two students $500 scholar share college savings account. A great way to get them on their way to a four-year degree. It's another example of how the Golden State Warriors are trying to make the Bay Area a better place to live. I hope that they learn that it's really important to stay in school and that it's important to listen to their adults in their life, especially their parents and their teachers and their principal. I, I really enjoyed um, him being here and he told a story about his mother and he said that it, he loved basketball and he wanted to be like Michael Jordan but he wasn't doing so well in school and his mother said that she was going to take basketball away from him unless he did better in school and she did 
and now look at him, he's an NBA player, and that's, that's so exciting that he, his mother was so supportive of school, and she took that away, and he realized something that was so important to him was taken away, and he continued in school and did better so that he could do something he loved, and he's a success. You know, we all have these dreams of what we want to be coming up. You know, my dream was always to be Michael Jordan. You know, every so, but in order for me to get to this level in, to the NBA, school was very important. However, there were times in my life where I didn't take school very seriously, and at that point, my mom took basketball away from me to show me how important school was. So, you know, if it is, if the NBA is where you want to go, if the NFL, baseball, don't forget that school is the step that you have to take in order to get there. I learned that college is really important. I should have to start saving today. The NBA is great, you know, I'm definitely blessed to be here and I definitely enjoy it. But, you know, getting a college degree is something no one can ever take from you. And, you know, you never know when your NBA career is going to come to an end. But that degree allows you for a lifetime and it's just a symbol of all the work that you put in. So, you know, I'm very blessed to have a college degree. Very excited and proud about it as well. I was just in y'all's shoes not too long ago. And one thing that we, we never want to hear, we, we always forget, is that our parents was in that position not long ago. You know, they've been through some things in life that they don't want to see you go through. And majority of the time, we still go through them anyway because we don't listen. So just make sure you're listening to your parents, whatever it is. Not going to tell you anything wrong. You know, they're not going to tell you to go do something crazy. They're only going to tell you to do things that's going to help you. So make sure you're listening to your parents. If they tell you a B plus is not good enough, I want you to go get an A. Then say okay and go get the A. And do things to make them proud because they're only going to do things that's going to help you and benefit you. over him, it's up a good Harrison Barnes can feel it right now. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. It's always fun to get your questions. I'm Tim Roy, and the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues here on KBR 680, the sports leader. And uh, this week, we can do it the two ways. We can go on Twitter at Warriors Box, Warriors B O X, or you can send me an email, uh, Tim Roy, T I M R O Y E at warriors.com. It's T-I-M-R-O-Y-E at warriors.com. Let's go to Twitter first, and our question from Danny Carey 409 wants to know, could we see more of Kent Bazemore? Even in garbage time, he looked hungry. Well, you know, you have to look at Kent Bazemore as a guy that's going to, uh, I think, be a little bit of a project. And I know that's, it's, it's different for a wing guy. And I don't mean project in a, in a negative sense at all. What I mean is that, that he's learning you know, about the NBA and how he needs to play to be effective. But there's two things about Kent Bazemore that you can, you can uh, take to the bank. One is that he is incredibly athletic and he's long and he can do some things on the floor with that length. And two, he plays great defense and he's going to give you that effort. So I think when you add those two things, it's really finding out how he can contribute on the offensive end. And I think he's a very intriguing player. 
and his length, his quickness, and his uh, effort, I think, makes him a player the Warriors want to hang on to and take a long, hard look at. And I'd like to see maybe in a year's time where Kent Bazemore is and also maybe in two years' time just how good of a player he can be in the NBA. But I think he's got a future in the league uh, simply because of that defense. He is really uh, something to behold out there watching and how he uses those the, the long arms and his ability to try to lock people up. By the way, you can follow Kent Bazemore on Twitter at KentBazemore20. That's KentBazemore20, and you can follow him on Twitter as well. One follow-up question on Andrew Bogut, which is interesting, and the first time we've had this question so far this year here on the Roundtable, and it involves Bogut, and San Jamiklo wants to know, if Bogut is unavailable for the playoffs, are the Warriors thinking of acquiring anyone before the trade deadline as an insurance policy? Well, that's a topic that has not come up as of yet. I think you may see that topic become more prevalent if we're talking about this in about three weeks on the roundtable and we're heading into February and toward the trade deadline, that might be something uh, the Warriors would consider if they knew that Andrew Bogut is not going to be playing this year. However, if Bogut's going to be coming back and is going to be healthy, and they're pretty confident in that regard, I would sense that the Warriors wouldn't make any kind of a move like that. But obviously when you're talking about playoffs, uh, you would love to have three centers on your roster. So when you're playing a team that has a dominant big man or guys that uh, like to score inside, you have not only the 18 fouls to work with, but three big bodies that can change hearts and minds and shots. And if you have that, that's going to really improve your team in the postseason. So it's an interesting question and obviously one that I think as we get closer to the deadline and closer to Bogut coming back will be answered by either one of those topics. It's an interesting question. I think it's one that's uh, legitimate as we head toward the trade deadline, but the approaching of the deadline or the return of Andrew Bogut could answer that question in a couple of different ways. Now let's move on to our next query. TJRG wants to know, what's up with Richard Jefferson? Does he just not have a role or what? Well, I think one of the reasons that Richard Jefferson isn't really into the regular rotation is the fact that when he got hurt, uh, Draymond Green stepped in and played so well and has played very well for the Golden State Warriors this year. But Richard Jefferson, to his credit, is not just sitting on the bench and waiting for his number to call. He's an active part of this basketball team. And if you watch the Warriors during timeouts, he's the one getting up and talking to the young guys, trying to give them some instruction and trying to give them some perspective. I heard Richard Jefferson in an interview earlier this year talk about the fact that when he arrived with the New Jersey Nets as a rookie, the club was way down and how proud he was to be part of the process that took them to the NBA Finals uh, two years with, of course, Jason Kidd, a Bay Area treasure, at the point guard spot. And it was very similar to my very first year in New Jersey, where they had won 26 games a year before I got there. So all I would hear is about the pass, about the pass, about the pass. And then we kind of rewrote um, everything for New Jersey. Now there, now there are levels that they never reach. I remember when I first got there, they didn't have one banner hanging um, up in that in their arena from anything that New Jersey had ever done. And when I left, I think there was. There were six. There were four division championships, two Eastern Conference championships, and that and that meant a lot to me. And tonight we wrap it up with J. Rome Double Zero Ten. It wants to know: Is there a better shooter in the league than the Stephen Curry right now? If we look at the three-point shooting career number for Steph, and that's right around forty-four percent, that is number one among active players in the NBA. 
So if you take that stat, you could say, well, yes, he is the best shooter in the NBA. Obviously, there's other guys that have to be right there in the conversation. Ray Allen has to be in the conversation. Uh, many other players as well. So, uh, but, but when you talk about great shooters, when you talk about pure shooters, Steph Curry is a guy that has to be there right at the top of the conversation because he's got the stroke. He has the ability to get the shot off, which is another you know, important aspect. You know, when you talk about some of the catch-and-shoot guys, uh, they're great shooters, but they won't put up numbers like Steph Curry in terms of production because they have to be wide open in order to get their shot off. Steph can get his shot off the dribble. He can catch and shoot. He can score in a variety of different ways. And that's why, you know, when you factor all that in, you could say, yeah, Steph Curry is the best shooter in the NBA right now. And, of course, I had a number of questions from a number of different people about Steph Curry, about when he's coming back, and, and uh, when, when should we expect them to see him on the court. And I guess the only thing I can tell you right now is wait and see. When you roll an ankle like that, and especially an ankle that uh, has had some surgery, and, and it's, it's obviously, you know, you have to think big picture here. Uh, the Warriors would rather have Steph Curry completely healthy for uh, X amount of games after this as opposed to hurrying him back just to get him on the floor to try to win one game. So you have to think big picture in this regard. And I think the Warriors are approaching it the right way. Steph Curry's approaching it the right way. And, you know, you never know. People heal at different paces, and sometimes injuries you think are really serious the first night, and then next morning or two days later the player wakes up and he's completely fine. It's always a little bit of a mystery, a little bit of a dice roll, because everybody's body reacts differently, and there's no set time. As much as we want to say, oh, he'll be back in six weeks or two weeks or two days, it never works out exactly that way. Just because everybody heals at a different rate, every injury is different, every player is different, every circumstance is different. Sorry I can't give you a more definitive answer, but there's really none out there. Thanks for all your questions at WarriorsVox on Twitter, WarriorsVox, or you can send me the email at TimRoy at Warriors.com. We continue with the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. John Barry is up next, and we'll find out from the uh, former Warrior and the son of the Hall of Famer his thoughts on some of the intriguing storylines around the NBA. And we also talk a little bit about growing up as a Warriors fan here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Up and good, David Lee getting to wherever he wants to go on the floor and knocking everything down. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. John Barry. Oh, what a circuit shot that was. 93 76 Pistons. Somebody had to turn up the heat. Somebody had to shoot that one, and John Barry said, All right, I'll take it. Hi, Tim Roy. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Did you miss out on getting your very own Stephen Curry bobblehead for a limited time? Get your hands on this coveted Warriors bobblehead. Just go to your nearest Metro PCS corporate Bay Area retail store and activate a new Metro PCS 4G LTE phone. This offer is available while supplies last. Find out more at warriors.com slash Metro PCS. Well, last night before the game with the Miami Heat, I had a chance to talk with John Barry, the former Warrior and current commentator for ABC and ESPN. Interesting conversation, not only about the defending world champions, but also about what's going on in Sacramento and growing up as a Golden State Warriors fan. Hope you enjoy our conversation with John Barry. Let's start with the defending champions. You know, there's been some uh, 
talk about what they're not doing right now, but it's also January, and, and they've been playing deep into June the last couple of years. That has to be a factor. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I think the Lakers are getting boring, and everyone's switching over to the heat now to try to nitpick if we can get something uh, going on with Dwayne Wade being upset. Uh, you know, Chris Bosh taking a lot of heat about their rebounding. The rebounding's been down. It's not been good. Uh, they haven't played the type of defense they played last year, and, and I simply think it's a, a championship hangover. I mean, I think this team... Uh, when they need to put the pedal down, they're going to be able to do that. Uh, it, it, there's a new group. I mean, you've added Ray Allen into this group. And, uh, again, I, I just do believe that they're going to turn it around, and they have a team to do it. And, really, who in the East is going to push this team for them to get out and get back to the finals? Yeah, I think it's a little bit different in the West because it, there's so many good teams. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking four or five in the West, uh, and we're excluding the Lakers in that group, yeah. which could very easily get it going. So, yeah, I, I, again, I just think that the motivation's not there. They've put so much into winning a championship last year. We know the pressure on LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to deliver. They did. And, and I think at some point this team will get on a roll this season. Is the passing ability of LeBron the thing that people overlook? I think so. He, he, you know, he's about to go to 20,000 points tonight, more than likely, if he gets 18. And he, but he's about to reach 5,000 assists, and that's what he talks about. That's what he's most impressed with uh, or that he feels good about. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think we've seen a guy that's been able to do everything at the level that he does it. I mean, obviously Michael Jordan was one of the greatest, and if not the greatest, but the ability to do every single part of the game of basketball, I don't know that anybody's done it better than LeBron James. Especially at that size. Oh, he's just he's a monster. I mean, on the fast break, uh, he sees over double teams. He can pass. He rebounds. He's now becoming a great defender over the past three or four years. Uh, he's an unbelievable talent, uh, and the sky's the limit. I mean, he's getting better. He's better this year than he was last year. He's just much more efficient. I want to pose something at you, and you, you had a chance with Chris Weber and Vladi Divac, which I thought was maybe the best passing 5-4 combination uh, that maybe this league's ever seen. When the Warriors get Andrew Bogut back, do you think Lee and Bogut combined would be the best four or five passers in the league? I think they could be, certainly. Um, Bogut is a, a very willing passer, a very good passer. Uh, he's going to make life a lot easier for these great shooters that the Warriors have. They're already shooting the ball great. I think they're the second-best three-point shooting team in the league. Those shots become easier when you have a guy you can dump it into the post. They really don't have that guy. They go to Landry off the bench, but... Uh, yeah, he's a terrific player, and you know, you get him back, it's kind of like a trade deadline. You made a you made a great trade for this guy. What has he played four games? Uh, so if they can just maintain over this tough stretch, I know they got coming up a lot of road games. Uh, stay about ten games over five hundred, and you get Bogut back. You know, this is a team that can make some noise in the West. How do you feel about what's going on up in Sacramento? I feel terrible for those people. I just hope that someone, you know, Kevin Johnson's trying his heart out. You know, I hope he can get somebody to buy this team. I don't know. I really don't understand. The more I read a lot about it, and I don't know what's going on. I seem to get more confused. I hope someone can buy it because it's 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 a special place for a lot of us. I mean, you talked about Weber and Devots, and it's a great place. And you were there, and it's a special uh, a group of people that that support a team that that don't deserve to lose it kind of sad that we're talking about Seattle and Sacramento competing for a team when back in the day they were two of the better supported NBA cities. Well, 10 years ago there was no better place in the NBA than Sacramento and when they have a winner there which they're very capable of getting with Jeff Petrie, a great GM, it's a fun place to be and I hope something works out that they're allowed to stay. How good are the Clippers? Very good. I mean, I, I still need to see him in the half court in a playoff setting. I mean, because that, that's a different game. You're not going to get out and get all those flying dunks and a lot of transition. But, boy, two impressive wins without Chris Paul the last two games. They're deep. 
they're focused. They've got some great veteran leadership. Uh, they're awfully tough. Now, do you put them right now, even though Oklahoma City put them ahead of the Thunder? No, I, I like the Thunder still. And, and, you know, obviously, I think with Harden, they were uh, much more formidable, but I still think they're good enough to get out of the West. Kevin Martin's a guy that played in Sacramento, great scorer off that second unit. Uh, Ibaka, to me, is, is a difference maker. He, he's taken his game to another level. Always a great defensive player, but now he's a really good offensive uh, player as well. Uh, they've been there. They've tasted it, uh, tasted defeat in the finals. So I, I think that Oklahoma City is the favorite to come out of the West. Do the Lakers get straightened out? I think straightened out enough to get in the playoffs, uh, and, and, but I don't, I, I don't think they can beat in Oklahoma City. I, I don't think they're athletic enough. I don't think they can beat the L.A. Clippers. Uh, they really struggle with athleticism. That's what happened to them last year. Oklahoma City runs right by them, and I, I don't think they have enough athletes to, to compete in the West. So tell me, when you were growing up, give me your five favorite Warriors. Well, Mully, number one. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, Clifford Ray. I mean, he was one of our guys. Sonny Parker. There you go. Yeah, Sonny was my guy. I loved uh, Charles Dudley. And uh, I go back, you know, I go back to the 75 team. I was six, you know, and Butch Beard. I mean, and Butch was my guy. So Butch carried me off the floor when they beat Chicago in the Western Finals. So I owe, I owe Butch one. Yeah, I did not know that. He, yeah. he also made the uh, the free throw in, the, in Game 4 of the Finals. Oh, he was big, man. Butch, that, that was a great group. So uh, I still watch those tapes all the time. Yeah. A lot of fun. I thought it was really cool that when they got their championship ring, they put the word togetherness on I thought that was really cool. Well, it, it, it was a group. I mean, there was no question. Obviously, my dad scored a bunch of points. But, man, the, the contributions they got from 1 through 12 was, uh, was amazing. You don't see that in the NBA very often. Now, your brothers all played uh, ball in some way, shape, or form. But for you and Brent, the fact that you guys had uh, nice careers in the NBA and now get to, to talk about it, that's pretty amazing that two brothers get to do that. Uh, it's pretty neat. And we have my brother Drew was in the NBA for a, a little bit. actually played a little bit with the Warriors. But three of us were in the league at one time, and uh, that was pretty neat. And, yeah, now to be able to talk about it, I don't have to stay in shape. I'm really loving it. <laughs> and you're undefeated. And I haven't lost a game. My thanks to John Barry. Great to see him last night, and he's doing great work for ABC and ESPN. Well, the roundtable has one more piece of business to get to. It's a look ahead to a very tough schedule, and we'll tackle that when we come back on KMBR 680, the sports leader. I don't believe it. I can't believe you're unbelievable. Unbelievable. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. You would think that playing the defending world champions, the schedule would get easier, but I'm not so sure it does. Hi, everybody. Tim Roy back on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Let's look ahead at the upcoming broadcast starting right here in San Antonio, where tomorrow night the Warriors will take on the Spurs. 5.15 is the airtime, and yes, the Spurs have Tim Duncan, but you have to contain Tony Parker. From the left wing, fires a three to tie it. He got it! Tony Parker, Travian! We're going to overtime! A left wing three-pointer by Tony Parker sends this game into an extra frame. Wow! Warriors and Spurs, 5.15 the airtime on KMBR, 6.80. Then it's on to New Orleans, where the Warriors will take on the improving Hornets with Eric Gordon, Anthony Davis, and the long-distance dialing of former Cal star Ryan Anderson. Austin Rivers will inbound far side right wing. Every Hornet above the top of the circle. Vasquez to Ryan Anderson. Three ball far side. Gets the friendly roll. Hit the front rim twice on the back rim and fell through. 
Warriors and Hornets. 4.30 is the airtime on KBR 680 on Saturday. Then back home for one of our favorite games of the year. It's the matinee on the Martin Luther King holiday. And this year, the Warriors entertain Chris Paul and the L.A. Clippers. Clippers by three. Chris at the right elbow. Down the lane. The running right-hander is all cotton for Chris Paul. Now Chris has a game-high 27, and the Clippers lead 94-89. 12.45 airtime on KBR 680. 1 o'clock a tip. Warriors and the Clippers. Very important game. If Golden State wins that, they win the season series against the Clippers. And then Wednesday, Kevin Durant and Oklahoma City come to town. Durant comes to set a screen for Westbrook. Gets the pass back. Angle left 20-footer by Durant. And he right between the eyes. He nails it. Thunder 96, the Rockets 95, with 22.5 left, the pick and pop, orchestrated by the Thunder's two All-Stars, Westbrook with the sixth assist, and Kevin Durant nails the J. Warriors and the Thunder on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Limited tickets are still available for that game, so you can go to warriors.com slash dynamic or call one triple gsw hoop Come on out and see the Warriors take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then next to Thursday night, another edition of the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I, Tim Roy, thanking our producer, R.C. Davis, who celebrated a birthday this week. David Feldhouse at the controls. Thanking Charles Jenkins and John Barry. We'll talk to you tomorrow night right here in San Antonio when the Warriors take on the Spurs at 5.15 on KMBR 680. Stay tuned on our flagship station, KMBR 680. Ray Woodson taking your calls and comments at 808 KMBR. I'm Tim Roy, and thank you for listening once again to the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Golden State Warriors basketball. It's a four-on-three. The trailer's Curry right side. Fires away. Three ball! For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.